the time has finally come. Let's talk about three waivers who are a good value going into week one. First up, Gus Edwards. I love Edwards' chances of having a great week one. He's going up against the Texans, who allowed the most rushing yards per game last year with a little bit over 170. He's averaged 5.2 yards per carry over his career, and I can see him clipping the five-yard mark again this year. I know there's some question marks around how much Baltimore is going to run with a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin and how much emphasis they're putting on the pass, bringing in all these receivers. But if you look at the history of Munkin, he's actually been pretty focused on the run. In 2019, he was the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. And before last year, that was Nick Chubb's best year in the NFL, where he had 298 carries and 1,494 yards. And he had what is still a career high, 36 receptions. And if you go back another year to 2018, when Munkin was the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, Peyton Barber had his best year, getting 234 carries for 891 yards. So as much as Munkin is getting a rap as being a pass-first guy, he very clearly likes to run the ball. And I would imagine with the Ravens expected to pull away pretty early in this game, that they're going to just run the ball to eat the clock. And I can't imagine the Ravens overworking J.K. Dobbins. There should be ample opportunity to go around. Wouldn't surprise me if Gus Edwards hits pay dirt this game, and if Justice Hill gets some run too. But Edwards should definitely get in that 12 to 13 carry range, and I can see him providing some pretty good low-end RB3 flex value. If you're in a pinch, he's only rostered in 17% of leagues, so he should be available. Next up, Deion Jackson. As you may have heard, Jonathan Taylor's on the pup list and is going to miss the first four games. The Colts are also without their other starter, Zach Moss, with a broken hand. So, this week, it looks like Deion Jackson's going to carry the mail. They also have Evan Hull, so he'll probably get sprinkled in a little bit. But all indications are Deion Jackson's going to be the guy this week. Although it's a small sample size, Jackson has looked pretty capable when given the opportunity. Last year, in a spot start filling in for Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, he had 121 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. And he had 10 receptions. And oh yeah, it was against the Jaguars, who he's playing again this week. Maybe there's some magic there. But I can't imagine that Jackson's not going to be used. He's probably going to get some decent volume just to take some pressure off of Anthony Richardson. They don't want to overwhelm their rookie quarterback. And Jackson, I think, is definitely someone you want to consider if you're in a pinch for a low-end RB2 or a high-end RB3. He should get enough volume to warrant picking up. I mean, if you look at the head coach, Shane Steichen, he loves to run the ball. Last year in Philadelphia, when he was the offensive coordinator, the Eagles ranked third in the league with 544 rushing attempts. I have to think he's going to bring that mentality to Indianapolis. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Colts tried to stay in this game by controlling the clock and running the ball a bunch. Jackson is already owned in 41% of leagues, so he may already be off of the waivers. But if he's available and you're in a pinch, he's definitely someone to consider. But keep in mind, Jackson will likely only have value for this week. Zach Moss is listed as the RB1 on the depth chart for Indianapolis. And he's already recovering from his broken arm pretty well. So it wouldn't surprise me if he steps back into that starter role in week two or three once healthy. Top in our list, Van Jefferson. As you may have also heard, Cooper Cup is going to miss this week. And it sounds like there's a pretty decent chance he's going to land on IR. So Jefferson may have value for the next four weeks. I think his value is derived solely from volume and opportunity. I mean, the Rams really don't have too much behind him. They have Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, who's a rookie. And I can't imagine that Stafford is going to trust a rookie over the one guy he won a Super Bowl with. In the one season where they played pretty heavily together, Jefferson received about 5.2 targets per game from Stafford. 
Last year, Stafford was injured, and so was Jefferson, so they really didn't play together. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Jefferson absorb most of Cup's workload. Cup's averaged a little more than eight targets per game over the last four years. And let's not also forget, Allen Robinson's no longer on the team, and he leaves behind a little more than five targets up for grabs. So really, that's 13 targets that need to go somewhere. Jefferson may get close to eight or nine targets over the next four weeks should Cup fall on IR. At least for this week, Jefferson should definitely be a target hog. With the talent gap being so large between the Seahawks and the Rams, the Rams are going to have to throw the ball if they want any chance at winning this game. Not that I think they will. But they're going to be chasing points, so they're going to put the ball in the air. And Jefferson is definitely someone to consider, especially in PPR leagues. You may not have as much value in standard leagues, but if you're in a half PPR league even, I would definitely take a flyer on him. He's currently rostered in 31% of leagues. I think he's a solid WR3 slash flex at this point with upside. Those are three waiver wire pickups that I think are solid for week one. Please subscribe and let me know who you think is a good waiver wire pickup in the comments below.